Patrick Pooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Around about a week and a half till round one, and Richmond get the easiest four points they're going to get all year. I've assembled a large portion of the panel, though, for one of the big pre-season episodes. I've got Tim in the studio. Hello, buddy. G'day, how's it going? It's good to see you. The Fox is in the house. Hello, 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 hello. Is that for how many goals Tommy Lynch is going to kick no, next week? five people on the podcast. Okay. And hello to the listeners. Yes, that's very, very true. Yes, we have assembled a large portion of the panel because I'm only halfway through introducing the team. i got Jimmy in. Hello, buddy. Hello, MJ. Hello, boys. Hello, listeners. How good is this? Yes, very, very good. And uh, Rids, hello, mate. Hey, mate. Hey, you trying to jinx the Tigers or something? Mate, not, you, there, there is nothing to worry about, don't That is for certain. But Tiger fans, if in a week and a half it doesn't go your way, fight me. That's totally fine. Boys, the Marsh preseason or community series or whatever you want to call it, the ANSET Cup, is done and uh, we uh, cannot wait now between now and the next week and a bit till round one kicks off and there is a ton of stuff to get to there is questions from the twitter army we want to get to from our patreons they've done a heap of stuff i want to talk injuries helping people look at uniques cash cows rucks and a whole heap of other stuff but before we do it let's go back to the marsh pre-season games and lads, I'm looking for a real simple thing from every single one of you. Jimmy, we'll go to you first. Who's a player that you've seen over these past two and a half, three weeks that you've cooled on because of what they've either delivered in scoring or role? And then a player that's really caught your eye and has either made their way in or really knocking the door down to get into your starting squad. Okay, well, I guess it wouldn't be a, a full panel podcast if at least one of us didn't ignore your instructions and go a little bit offbeat. So I'm, I'm looking at the Marsh theory so far, and you're asking me for a player that I've called on, but there's there's a whole section of players that I've called on. And at this point um, in my salary formats, I don't think I'm picking anyone that we're classing as a top-tier premium defender. So talk me through, just, are we talking Lloyd, Laird, Lloyd, that sort of guys? Lloyd, Cooley, Silsily, all of those. I just, I look at the dollars I've got to pay for them. I look at how they're playing, the, the players that impact on their role and how they play and how they score. And I just don't have the confidence in their scoring to start the season that, that I'd like to have and that maybe we've had before. And I don't know if it's uh, maybe a, a year for a bit of changing of the guard and um, you know, there, there might be some new types that come through. Sure. Um, but it's just I don't want to pay that sort of money for those sort of players when I can spend that in other parts of the ground and have a lot more confidence in what I'm going to Okay, so so two questions. Well, one question, but kind of around it. Is it because of a perceived lack of cash cows, which we will talk about a little bit later on, or is it because you feel like there's guys that are 100k cheaper that you think are going to give you a pretty similar output, if not better? Yeah, that's it. And, I mean, we look at the um, you know, players like, um, say, for example, Dan Houston that everybody's really hot on at the moment. Uh, you've got Doherty coming back. You've got uh, a Lockie Weller that I'm quite bullish is going to nudge that premium territory this year. Those sort of players that um, I feel spending a, a lot less at that point gives me an awful lot of money to spend elsewhere um, where I can be more confident that I'll get that return. 
Yeah, sure, fair enough. All right, well, we'll, um, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, I'm sure, in some Patreon questions. Mm. Uh, but what's a, a player or a, a line or an entire <laughs> format, do what you like, mate, that you've decided, look, I think this guy's going to make his way into my team if he's not there already? Okay, there was a player I wanted to see play this preseason, um, and, and if he played and he moved the way I wanted him to, he was I was always going to pick him because... I think a lot of us have forgotten how bloody good Lukosius is. Mm. Um, and he played, and God, he looked good, and I've just put him straight in everywhere. I'm a big fan. Nice. Again, limited to the cash cow shortage, or because that DPP and just the scoring potential, you love what he can deliver? Yeah, more so that than the cash cow thing. Um, he serves that role as well, given sure. his price. You know, we'll, we'll make some money out of him, presumably, if he goes okay. Um, but it's as, as much for... Um, yeah, he, he, to me, I think he represents value. Um, and with that flexibility in the dual position, that, that's very nice as well. All right, I like it. What about for you, Tim? Is there a player you've called on this preseason and a player that you've built in confidence as the year's gone on? Yeah, so there's someone I was looking forward to watching from Port and that second-year guy, Connor Rosie. So Ooh. track watches and Hinkley basically talking him up as just looking really good for a second year playing a lot more through the midfield and just having a bit more class than others and certainly has some moments so he had one shot this weekend where he basically snaffled a handball that was way too hot for him and just within half a second he'd snapped a goal from 40 meters and Mm. that was ridiculous but he just didn't really quite seem to get enough of the ball go through the midfield enough or just sort of faded out a bit much so not to say that he looks like he's going to fall down as a player. More so, it might be a year too early for him to start putting him in the forward premium conversation for me. Okay, so you called a little on... Just Connor? in terms of starting him, because given his price, you okay. need him to average pretty well. You need him to be become a keeper, basically. Basically, you would, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, all right, who's someone that uh, you've uh, grown to love a little bit more this preseason? Uh, the big ruckman from West Coast, the, uh, the constant... Tease, I suppose, in a way. Mm. Nat Newey, he's one of our sort of mid-price rucks in a way. Yes. And, uh, particularly in Supercoach. I know he hasn't had big minutes this preseason, but uh, he's a bit of a points machine in Supercoach mm. when he's fit, and he is fit at the moment. So it's going to be interesting looking at, you know, do you take him, do you take Sam Jacobs? I'm sure we'll have that sort of conversation later, but he's certainly a, a good chance in Supercoach. Well, I don't like it. I'm intrigued to uh, get your take when we talk about Rucks a little bit later on. Ritz, uh, why don't you have the floor for the next five minutes and do what you like, because uh, you phone people. Just do what you like. Yep, right. <laughs> so I'm guessing I've got to stay on track here. Let's try. <laughs> so um, one guy I sort of called on on the weekend and it wasn't because of anything that he did. It was more because of the performances of the guys slightly cheaper than him was Hugh Greenwood. Yeah. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Just, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Well, I mean... Back from you, Ridge, there. <laughs> well, Hugh Greenwood is priced slightly more around across, with, depending on what format you're looking sure. at, the Devon Smiths, the Jack Stephen the um, Andrew Brayshaws, you know, those types. I I just can't justify Hugh Greenwood at even equal the value, if not slightly more. So, so yeah, I just think there's a big two in the forward line, potentially a big three if you talk about Toby. Mm -hmm. But then there's potentially three 
four really, really good options, a couple of hundred thousand cheaper. Yeah, and there are some good ones. Uh, all right, fair enough. So Hughes out the door. Um, who might be knocking on the selection table of Rids? Before I go one step further, another one that I might have cooled on a little bit mm. is Josh Dunkley. Oh. Now, it's got nothing to do with Josh Dunkley or the way that he's played because he's done everything I expected him to do. The thing is, though, Bontempelli's increased midfield time. And then that buy round, that buy round scares me because I just don't see how you don't start Josh Kelly or Canilio. So, hmm. and then McRae is also in the mix. Tom Mitchell's so, on that line as well. I just, you just can't have four or five, can you? Yeah, five's doing it too much for me. Four, I, I feel like, is, is about me topping out in round 14. Round Doing five, I feel I'm going to die in that week otherwise. Well, yeah, five. Well, five gives you the option of doing some strategic sideways trading through the buys, obviously. But four is a real tricky number because you're tempted to do a sideways through the buys to get that extra premium score. Mm. But potentially, you're also losing a guy that could potentially be in the top four or five in the midfields for the rest of the year. So so you're sort of really on the edge there, aren't you? So I I haven't removed him from any of my teams or anything like that, but I've cooled a little bit. Because if if I said to you, MJ, Mm. let's just say, let's pick a format, DT or Supercoach, you choose. I don't care which one you choose. If I said to you, McRae, Dunkley, Kelly or... Canelio, as he obviously don't sit, um, you've got to remember that Canelio is a lot more value than the others. Yes. But who is the odd man that you don't want to go with at this early stage? So it's either Dunkley or McRae. If my, mm-hmm. That's how I see it. Yep. No, that's fair. So, I mean, I've, I haven't cooled. It's just I'm sort of thinking through it a little bit more. Yep. Okay. So the guy that I have appreciated. I forgot how good this guy was until I started looking at him again, and that's Bailey Williams. Mm. You know, he averaged 80-plus across the formats two years ago, and he's only priced at 300000 in Supercoach. Yeah, he's yeah. not a bad option. How good was he this weekend against yeah. Port? It was like the ball oh. was magnetised yeah. to him. And then on top of that, okay, you look at who else played with him. I mean, all of their backs and everything played. Mm. Daniel and... Sucklin and whoever. Jure was the only one who didn't really play. Johannesson played. So, really, he's in their best 22 pretty clearly at this point in time. I just think he represents some serious, serious value across all the formats. Yep. I think you're right, man. I absolutely think you're right. But anyway, there you go. All right. There you go. Uh, What about for you, Fox, uh, from the Marsh preseason? Who have you called on and uh, who's worked their way into your team? From the beginning of it? Yeah, sure. Right. It's fair to say I've called on Trelaw. (laughs) Mate, we know you like to take the low-hanging fruit, but injuries (laughs) is a new low for you. No, no, I'll throw that one in. Um, What are your thoughts on Toronto, Fox? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear? Oh, no. Here we go. Tell you later. (laughs) Um, in the mids, Gresham, just a little bit on him. And, You've called uh, on him. Yeah. Yep. And Brayshaw, Andrew Brayshaw. I'm I really keen on Brayshaw. Uh, so you were or you're not now? Oh, my forward line was P. 
packed, stacked. Yeah. So I've made it room for him. So he's got so the chop. An- Andrew Brayshaw is in. Oh, he's in. Yeah. I got. So there was confused. a few on the periphery. There was a few on the periphery, and Gresham was in. You, well, you, I haven't changed my team oh, a lot. Are you so, drunk? So you've cooled on Gresham, <laughs> and you're happier with Brayshaw. Oh, absolutely. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so much easier, thanks, Tim. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty keen on um, the big giraffe, uh, biceps English. Tim English. <laughs> yeah. Very, oh, very, this very, is going to be a long episode, <laughs> I'm just letting you know. No, no, very, very keen on him, and we'll probably talk about him a bit later. Cause, mm. Are we talking rucks? Yes, mate. Okay, all right. <laughs> if we talk rucks, I'll talk about him a bit later, but um, <laughs> the 11th most owned in Supercoach. Yep. Um, how many keeper leagues do you own English in, Fox? Is it all I've of them? Seven, I think he's in seven. <laughs> <laughs> is he? The long time coaches panel pen, um, listeners will remember this reference. Is he this year's Tom Sheridan? No, he's not this he's, year's sheep. He's th- four years ago, Doherty. Okay, because <laughs> it's a genuine. Like I'm going to go early on this question. Someone does want to know who is your boy for this year. It's Brayshaw. I reckon no, no. it's Brayshaw. Which well, one? The way no. you're talking about him. No, well, that 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 session comes later, so we're not. We're no, not, we're not going to push. It. Don't disrespect <laughs> the sound effects. It's Lynch already. It's Tom it? Lynch, isn't it? He Just go, so- he goes pretty close. Okay, it's Tom Lynch. There you go. Fair enough. Um, we might talk about him a bit later. No, I'm sure we'll find a way to talk about. Well, yeah. when we're talking about the ruck. Yeah, <laughs> English eighty-two, um, eighty-two point six average last year. Yes, I, I think you can. Uh, well, how many, what, six rucks went at 99.7 last year, so I think he can push into that territory. You think he's got 99? Go, uh, I think he might go 101. Ooh, okay, so, fair enough. So, yeah, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be my one. He's your really, one? Yeah, he's right. really pushed in. All right, I like it, Fox, I like it very much. Um, there you go, that is some of the panel's thoughts on the pre-season community series of the Marsh Variety and uh, some players they like, and some players not as keen on. Uh, let's talk rucks, though. From this weekend, we did get to see Max play, and that is hugely relevant. There was a big question mark a couple of weeks ago. Will he play round one? Will he not? And barring something drastically changing over the next nine to ten days, he should be named on those first round of selections and be a genuine starting squad candidate for a lot of coaches. But how we choose to structure up this year is fascinating, not just because Max coming back from injury, but because there is some concern amongst the fantasy community that we're going to struggle for a little bit of cash generation, and we'll get to the cash cows a little bit later on. And so maybe we need to look elsewhere about how we get that done. So there's guys like Max Gorn, there's Brody Grundy, that arguably, barring something drastic changing on the injury front, the likely top two scoring rucks for the year. Then you've got the mid-price stepping stones of English, Jacobs. You could probably throw Nick Nat, the Tim you've alluded to earlier, Segler. You might like him for his ruck forward eligibility. Then you could go down to the cash generation options of Naismith and Fort, who had a pretty good game, uh, at least for the half of the game he got against Essendon to wrap up the Marsh Community Series. Ritz, how I know every format needs a unique approach, but... How should we be looking at our ruck divisions this year? Well, I reckon you should pick two to play oh, on field. <laughs> now, nah, I reckon that um, you've got to look at the value across all the lines, okay? So if you've got a guy that's 
you're interested in, let's just say Bailey Williams and Dream Team at 448000 and you can find someone at that same price level that you think is going to clearly average more, then obviously you're going to have to pick that guy. And I, I don't think that you should be... Like, I think as years gone by, okay, it was a simple case of just pick Grundy, pick Gorn, mm. and then worry about the rest as it falls, you know? But the reality of the situation is, is we really do have a very interesting and intriguing situation coming up where it looks like there's no bottom-priced rookies playing this year, mm. like from round one. So outside of the Curtis Taylors of the world who just pop up, mm. you know, even the Zerk Thatcher, he's, he's got a bit of a premium on him. So What was his McCaffrey, name? Sorry, Rich. Zerk Thatcher. So, yeah, so, I mean... Everyone seems to have a premium, don't they, that are going to get selected or yeah. on the fringe of selection, even to the point where it's Green, Stevens, um, Noah Anderson, Matt Robertson, Ralph, yeah. you know, and so on and so forth. So you're just going to have to be very, very careful because the last thing you want to go is to go too mid-price mm. and then have to go heavy on the upgrades. Now, the other thing that I find interesting is you can almost limit so let's just say Grundy and Gorn go at 120 a game for the first 10 weeks, okay? Yep. So if you can get a Jacobs or even, say, well, we won't go Naismith because, like, I mean, that's pushing it. But Nick Nat, okay, look at Nick Nat. So he's two or 300,000 cheaper in Supercoach than those big guys. Yeah. He's got every... He'll go 100-plus if he stays on the field, and he only needs to play 65% of game time to do that. Mm. So is it a risk? Is it not a risk? That's that's everyone to work out themselves. But you're going to have to really, really consider and not just lock those two in. Because I can tell you now, I've had to play around quite a bit in the last week or so. If you have those two, every line looks thin. Yeah. Especially the bench. Yeah, you, 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 and look, it's it's thin on the basement cows. You've alluded to that, and we'll talk more in depth in that in a moment. Um, Tim, can can you go a mid-price ruck approach? Maybe in AFL Fantasy, it's a little bit different with the multiple trades a week, use them or lose them. But in the more limited trades, is, is that too risky, even though we've got these great you know, mid-price stepping stone options that look like they're going to score well for us. So you mean basically having two mid-prices? Yeah, so like a Nick Nat, an English, a Jacobs, like ignoring both the big boys. Can you go that? I know you can, but is that too risky? No, I don't think so. But as Rid said, it's across the whole team. So it depends on who you've got in positions in the rest of your team. Sure. So, you know, most teams would have at least a couple of mid-prices mm. so far on the looks of this team. So... If you've got a couple and they're both in your ruck, I don't think it's necessarily a problem. Mm. You just need to have plans for things as with everything. You know, you don't want them, if they're going to get injured, that they're both going in the same week. But those mid-prices, aside from Nick, now aren't really injury-prone as such. Mm. It's, that's not the reason they're cheap anyway. Yeah. It's sort of been, you know, English is on the up and uh, Jacobs has been out of favour. So it's different reasons now that they seem to be scoring better than they were last year. So, look, I don't mind it. The way that we're going, I mean, as you say, we touch on the, the rookies later, but um, in terms of total team building, I'm sure a lot of people will do it, especially after this week. Yeah. And um, look, Supercoach is going to be a really interesting one because Grundy and Gorn scoring in that is so high. Yeah. I know it is in Fantasy 2, but in Supercoach, they are like a clear top two. But at the same time, 
like Nick Nat especially, but and Jacobs for his value mm. could also potentially go, you know, ninety hundred average in Supercoach. Yeah, and it's what you do with that remaining three to four hundred thousand that you save per player. Per player. Um, you could really maximise those scoring outputs. Now, yes, you're probably going to have to upgrade potentially with some trades through there, potentially, but it would be a fascinating thing to see a coach going a mid-price ruck structure across all formats. I don't know if I could do it, but gosh, I'd be fascinated by it. Um, Jimmy, I'm curious with you. There is a one potentially great value option that's right down the bottom of the tree in terms of rucks, and that is Sam Naismith. As an R3, it's probably a little bit too pricey paying for the insurance of him. Are you concerned that if he was at R2, even though it's going to maximize some points on fields, are you concerned that if the scoring experiment fails, you're kind of boxed into a corner with him? Yeah, look, I think I, I don't like him as a, as a starting point. And so I'm not. I'm not too inclined to go that way, but just thinking of it from a strategic point of view, if you've got him, you've got a plan to have not in the team before too long because it's it's not something that's going to be sustainable um, and, and he's scoring. I'm not convinced he's going to be at, at that sort of level. But ultimately, and coming back to what Rids and, and Tim were saying before, I think what we've got to consider is treating him, regardless of what line he's on, and I think we get trapped into thinking, okay, we've got rucks and we've got mids and we've got backs and we have to treat them all differently. If we're looking at that total overall team structure, it's not just Naismith at R2, how's he scoring? Mm. It's that's a rookie spot. Is he better than a rookie that you'd have on a different line? Yes, no, maybe. Um, And if he gets injured or if he finds himself not playing for whatever other reason, is there a way to get a different player on field there? That's where um, you're either going to have to potentially pull a trade earlier than you'd like. Um, maybe you've got, uh, for argument's sake, a Segler in your forward line and Darcy Cameron at your R3 and you can switch him in that way. I don't know. But I think if, you, if you're going to go that way with, um, with your R2 position, um, it's a, potentially a huge reward, but it's a huge risk as well, I think. Yeah, and MJ, can I just butt in for one yeah. second? By having that DPP at your R3... If let's just say you end up picking a Crips instead of going a Grundy, okay, because you feel like Naismith's a better option as a ruck, um, as any, like as Jimmy just said, as any rookie, it only takes one trade using DPP to get swap it back. It's yeah. not a massive, massive issue. Like, I know people are saying, oh, what happens if this happens and stuff like that? Well, you could potentially still hold on to Naismith as your R3 and just trade out that midfielder that you had and swap it back around with the DPP magic. So it's oh, not absolutely. a massive, yeah, massive it's, issue. No, it's not end of the world. It's just a pain in the ass when I want to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, and you lose that trade, but the reality yeah. is, at the end of the day, you've had a crack. So, oh, absolutely. And, so I don't mind it from that point of view. I think it's um, really, I think the main thing is, do you think he's the best or amongst the best of, rookie options or players priced at there or thereabouts. Yeah, correct. And And if you think he is, go for it. (coughs) And the other thing is, okay, Naismith is unlikely to lose any money. He's got to go really, really poorly to lose money on any format because he is very cheap. Yeah. So, Mm. I mean, you're not going to lose money by doing that. All you're going to lose is that one trade. And we should all be banking two or three trades for the first few rounds anyway. Absolutely. Type trades. Because you're not going to get everything right. And 
if it, if it's upset you that badly, you've got to make that trade, you know. But don't don't mm. not try. You know what I mean? Like definitely have a look, but have a plan B. But that's as simple as what a plan yeah. B could be. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Fox, Rids talked about Grundy and Gorn as a ruck combination that is as strong as an option they are, that it, that it does thin you out in some other lines. Absolutely. Is there what Talk me through the rationale of, of doing that. Again, in Supercoach, Tim highlighted just how strong a scoring option they are. Is there a world you feel like you could justify still doing that? Or no matter what in your mind, you've got to take the value options this Supercoach year? Supercoach would be the, the format that you'd want both of them in because yes. they're such high scorers. But, yeah, the thinning of the lines, uh, yeah. Do you want to know what I'm... We're here now, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, R1, I think it has to be Grundy. Okay. Because of the VC, you know, the option. Sure. VCing him early. You wouldn't do that with Gorn over him in Supercoach? I don't know if his um, games are as early as... Okay, sure. Okay, so there's the... the Structure I know of the Collingwood play fixture. a lot of early games, so yeah, I think it's like pre- seven uh, pre-Saturday night games out of the first seven. So hence, hence he would be sure. my R one. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you, in a in a world in a in a world that's perfect, you would want gone in your starting squad. Yeah, yeah. But can you do it? Um, I can't do it. Okay. So can. Yeah, Fox, so in round one, West Coast play Melbourne in the last game of the round. So it'll be Nick Nat. Yeah. Yep. So there you go, Fox. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's go around the grounds too. Before you finish that off, let's talk about pick a format. I don't care which one you pick. Just, you know, tell me it when you go through. I want to know who your R2 is because that it seems like Grundy's a very popular R1. So let's go around the grounds. We'll start with you, Jimmy. Tell me your format and who's your R2. Okay, I assume you don't mean ultimately. Yes, mate, I don't mean ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in Dream Team at the minute, I've got English. Okay, what about for you, Tim? Look, Dream Team, Fantasy is both Jacobs at the moment. All right, Fox, pick a format. Who's uh, our Super coach, Biceps, English. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get used to that nickname. <laughs> Rids, what about for you? Well, I don't have Grundy, so do you want both? Yep, why not? So I've got Nick Nat and Jacobs in Supercoach. And I've got Segler and Jacobs in Dream Team. Nice. I love when Rids does something different to everybody else. Uh, talk me why you haven't got Grundy. Well, I just... He's signed a contract. He, is, he cannot go any better than what he did last year. I know that sounds crazy, sure. okay, but... But the reality is he had monster scores on many, many occasions, 130-plus, multiple times last year. So when teams go into pre-seasons and stuff, like the one thing for me, okay, is the first round against the Bulldogs, is I think the Bulldogs have a ploy to tackle him a lot better than what they did last year. Mm. And in, he scored 140-plus on them twice, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was a 150 and a 160, yeah. Yeah, so we were already seeing last week, okay, with St Kilda. I know it's only a pre-season game and everything else, but the reality is Grundy's not going out and just going, oh, yeah, I'm just mucking around today. He was actually trying, but they actually really, really put a clamp on him. Mm. So, So I just, yeah, it's an interesting one for me because I just think with Darcy Cameron potentially coming in, because I don't think much of Mason Cox, that that means that Grundy might play a little bit more up. Like 
is that he signed a long-term contract. And a lot of times, years gone by, it does take a bit of time for these guys to click back into gear after doing that. Yeah. So I just think he's worth taking on. And Gorn, obviously, with the injury and having Nick Nat in round one, I just don't see how you could possibly even think about going Gorn. All right, fair enough. I'm assuming because you don't have Grundy and DT, you probably don't have him in AFL Fantasy too. Oh, no. Why would I have him in there? <laughs> I'm just asking, because I'm sure someone will. All right. There you go. There's some interesting thoughts around how people are approaching the Rucks, and there are some Patreon questions we'll get to that uh, it's real targeted, specific questions that we'll get to that are around uh, the Ruck division. Before we do talk injuries and cash cows, let's look at some unique options. Now, I'm going to classify unique as 10% or under. Um, Fox, I'll go to you in a minute. I'm going to assign you super coach. Jimmy, DT, Rids, you get AFL Fantasy. Tim, you can do whatever the hell you like. Um, and if you want to go uh, full pass mode, then that's totally fine with me. But maybe we'll start with you, Fox, in Supercoach. I don't, I don't know if you want to do one player or a player aligned. Don't care. I've got plenty. Of course you do. Uh, who are your 10% right. and under uniques that you like the look of in Supercoach? Right. That's one in 10. Play, one in 10 coaches would have him. 10%, Fox. Yep. Yeah. Good. We got that right. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll go to the top uh, 7% Yep Tommy Lynch oh. How did I not see that coming? <laughs> Fool me once He's I think he's 71 Priced at 71 Came home late last year Yes he did uh, On the back of a lot of G, MCG games Yes and, uh, Start a lot at in the, the 90s, MCG early High yeah, 90s Finished off the year Last half in the high 90s Bargain Absolute bargain. Look at you pretending like you don't know all the stats, facts, and figures like I think he scored. So he'd be in the Fords at 7%. Okay. Um, He's under 390,000, by the way. 388.8. Oh, oh, there it is. Um, and another 7%. Yep. Only, 70, only 7%. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim English. So Ruck, 448. Fool me twice. Shame on me. He would be unique. Have um, you got someone in this category that you did, have not mentioned in the first half hour of this episode? Did you know something? Here we go. That um, if you were talking league unique, yeah. there's 18 players in a league. <laughs> For someone to be unique, mm. it would be 5.56%. Okay. So one person in that 18. Yep. And if you cross the floor... <laughs> What's the kick-to-handle ratio? AFL fantasy. Yes. It would be one in 16, which would be 6.25%, would be unique. Yep. Uh, yeah. Is it the quality uh, ratio? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, we're, Mrs. We're, Fox we're, would be happy with all that work all right, right there. Uh, you wanted another. Uh, I, I really do like um, the Eagles. Um, Tim Andrew, Kelly. And, well, no, in uniques. I don't know what Tim Kelly is, but Elliot Yo, uh, 4%. Nice. And Andrew Gaff, 2.5%. Yeah, both pretty good the other night, too. And if I cross the floor again in <sighs> AFL Fantasy... Yes. Um, wait till he gets DPP, Dom oh. he, he He will get it, I, I believe. Okay. Is that, a, is that one of your famous That's a prophecy. Fox a prophecies? That's a prophecy. Right, yeah. okay. Where's the X-Files music? Um, and do you want to back? I had, didn't... Yeah, well, I'm not, we're here, mate. Um, Lockie Weller, 1.2%. I do like that one. How's that? 481k? Yep. Uh, Jimmy was talking earlier about the back line. Yeah, oh, I was going to talk about that again in a minute, but that's all right. Fox, oh, going. Well, well, there you go. All right, well, <laughs> the introduction to Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, we'll hand it to Jimmy then. You're talking DT, mate. Lockie Weller's one of those nice options for you too. 
He is. He's in 1% of teams in Dream Team at the minute, um, mine included. Um, I'm a big fan. Big, big fan. Um, he mentioned Gaff as well, Fox. Thank you. He's in 8% of Dream Team at the minute. And I think that's probably the format where he's most suited. And, mm. um, yeah, with uh, uh, Kelly coming in, and um, it all just looks very, very nice for him at the moment. He played very well over the last couple of weeks, which, um, you know, we don't take too much notice of the numbers, but um, I-, I like the way that it all seems set up for him at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got two forwards I wanted to quickly mention, um, one of which is at 8% at the minute. And uh, last year when he had an opportunity to play a little bit of midfield time, he um, he went a little bit ballistic, and that's Toby Green. Mm. Sitting at only 8% of teams, which surprised me a little bit. I think everyone's just kind of locked in Whitfield and Dusty and moved on uh, a little further down. But uh, I find that intriguing. Um, but a little more intriguing and a little bit more offbeat, if you want to go that kind of way, is Darcy McPherson in 4% of teams at the minute. What, what do you think he can do for us this year? Look, he, he was solid last year, probably more a better draft mm. still than anything else. And I was yep. a little surprised he maintained forward status, truth be told, when the, when the positions came out late in, in 2019. What do you think his ceiling, maybe not his ceiling, what, what do you think is his average mm. range that we could get from him this year? Oh, look, pick a number out of how, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, he's, um, I, I, I like him. I don't think he's the most... Um, most talented or uh, you know, effective footballers going around, mm. but he certainly knows how to find it, and that's not such a bad thing from a dream team point of view. And, and I do mean specifically for uh, for the DT style of uh, scoring more so than perhaps your super coach. But when you open up your, your forward line on an empty team sheet, which is a thing that I think we should all do at this time of year, and uh, you're scrolling through the names at the top of that list of forwards, he's pretty close to the top at the minute after his 2019 season. Um, there's not many that... Um, had a better average, and, mm. and so when you you take that into account, and Gold Coast have restructured their midfield at, uh, this year, of course, with uh, some new faces and some new kids. But um, if the the Marsh games are anything to go by, and of course they're not, but um, he seemed to be still in the thick of it again. So I am I haven't locked him in, but I'm intrigued. I like it. There's some good names through there. Um, Rids in AFL fantasy. Who are some guys that have an ownership of ten percent or under that you like the look of so far? Okay, so I thought you said 2%. Even better, mate. I found them anyway because they're already in my team. Beautiful. So I'm going to do one on each line like everyone else. The first one is the defender. Zach Tui. Ooh. He's in 1.12% of teams. He's actually priced 507000 in AFL Fantasy and only averaged 68. So I actually think he's looking really good in this last couple of games. So I saw him in the State of Origin on today's game, and um, he's moving as freely as I've ever seen him move. So I actually think he's well worth having a look at. I like it. Midfield. is. Are we happy to go to the midfield yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. I've got a guy in 1.97% of teams, and... I reckon he was in less than 1% before last weekend, and that's Jack Viney. Oh, yes. Again, really good value, 611000 I just don't understand how you cannot start this guy okay, uh, in AFL Fantasy. Talk me through that statement, because that's a big statement for a guy that's got, I'm just looking at the app right now, he's right on 2%. To say I don't know how you don't start him is a huge call. Talk me through that thought process. Well, have a look at the other guys around his price. Now, he can go 100-plus this year, okay? He's been injured constantly He's the last year or two. 
He's got a pre-season, okay, under his belt. He's looking ripe. I mean, he's hunting that ball again. He's not going to tag. He's not going to do anything like that. He's never going to be tagged because, let's be honest, he can't kick or handball. So, but, gee, he can find it. Yeah. And he tackles, mate. Like, he's a mean one, he, isn't he? Like, he's not an Uber, okay? There's no worries about that. But he's going 100-plus this year. There's no worries about that. If he stays on the park, that is. Yep. I like that. I love him, by the way. I have him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in my rucks, I am staggered that no one's talking about this guy. And we, we just talked about him. So, John Segler, he's now the first choice ruck. Mm. Mm. Mate, he's in 1.2% of teams, and he averaged mid-70s last hang on, year. Hang on, hang on, I'm not playing fantasy this year for, for a number of reasons, but can you just go back? How many, how, how many people have picked Segler? 1.2%. And no one's talking about it. Uh, People are talking about uh, Sam Naismith, for God's sake. I think like, I might sign up too, Rids, and you and I can fight it out, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, my and word. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy's he he's going better than 75 because he was a fair split last year mm. in the ruck. And he had no real preseason because he was injured. So, anyways, I, I think people are nuts. Forward. Okay, this is the staggering thing. Now, Fox, I'm going to give you a prediction, okay? Before we started this pod, there was a kid that was owned by 1.7% of teams. I guarantee you right now he's going to be in 50-plus percent of teams by the start of round one. Okay. Curtis Taylor. Everyone will have him. How can people not be aware of this kid? Like, surely, like... He played out of his skin the week before. Yeah, like, half the he, game. He's got a bit of special, hasn't he? He's yeah. real special, this one. This guy reminds me of a bit like Jai Simpkin, but he's not the guy I want to list. I'm just doing a prediction. He's going to be 50-plus percent by the, end of, like, by the start of round one. Yeah, absolutely. The guy I'm actually got in my team, and again, is Ben Ainsworth. Love him. I mm. think he is absolutely going to break out this year massively. All he has to do is stay on the park. He's a bit of a kamikaze, but mm. he's only in 1.5% of teams. Now, if you have a look through at that price tag, he's sub 500000 Like, Devin Smith is too much. Jack Stephen is too much in AFL Fantasy. I mm. don't know what they did with their pricing, but it's all out of whack. Ben Ainsworth comes into some Serious calculations for me. Yeah, he's very, he's been very, very good across his junior career, and now we're starting to see that really come to full life. I love that pick, man. Yeah, so there you go. All right, uh, Tim, I didn't give you a format. I just said uh, pick the crumbs from the table. Is there any format or any players you like the look of that are in under 10% of teams? Yeah, and the other guys have been a bit more in-depth. I was just going to pick off a couple of guys who are right. under 10%. You might think, oh, gee, that's, that's not too many. Like One that... The coaches panel has been spruiking a little bit this week on mm. social media. Is Josh Kelly? Oh yeah. At least in fantasy, he's under ten percent. Sorry, what? Just let, double check that in AFL fantasy, Josh Kelly is in under ten percent of teams. I believe it's eight. Jimmy, that we were finding more reasons to get you to sign up as the minutes pass, my oh. friend. Look, if, if if I could be bothered with it, I'd be very, very tempted. All right, fair enough, too. Uh, what about for you, Tim, anymore? Uh, and another one that if people are struggling for rookies may jump onto, maybe not in fantasy, but in the other two formats, is uh, Birchall. Ooh. He's under 10%, and he's definitely underpriced, but obviously has his own risks. So yes. 
Just more someone to mention. Well, Brisbane, you know, turned Link McCarthy around, who, you, you know, couldn't catch a break 12 months ago with injury. And I think he played every game last year. So, you know, fingers crossed for Grant that things go his way. Yes, yes. All right, there you go. Some, there are some names, some guys that are in under 10%, or in Rids's case, under 2%. Uh, Just going to throw a couple more 3%ers at you quickly, just because, you know, we can't have a nice even flow here for a few minutes. Yeah, no, fair enough. We need to lower it. No, you're right. Um, just going to just quickly mention some names. If um, Again, people are looking for that um, generation type at the lower, mm. low to mid end. Um, that may or may not be very thereabouts, but if they can get a couple of good games early, will be uh, very, very tempting for mine. Um, and that is Isaac Cumming, that nice. is John Noble, that is Jack Lacocious, who I mentioned before, and Riley West. Tick, tick, tick. Do you think Riley West is in that Doggies Best 22, mate? No, probably not to start with, but if he gets a game, I'd be very interested to see how he goes. All right. Maybe an injury or two might sneak his way in. Well, Will Hayes is missing round one with the suspension. Maybe yes. that's his way in. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, Liver, Liver wouldn't be too far off either, would he? Yeah. Who knows if he's even best 22. Um, much to Fox's dismay, one of his old boys. Um, uh, that's he's for sure. gone. He's, on. He, he's gone. He's been Sheridan. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Ooh. Fox's boys seem to have a little habit of going well for a little while. Pre-season yeah. games. And then, of, and then perhaps not so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, Can them. you not have Lynch as your boy, please, Fox? Yeah, no. Want to put that out there? Yeah. Yeah, you're picking him. You're not playing an AFL fantasy. No, he said that four times. You just want to want to him in that. You want to go for that. Uh, we're talking about injuries. That there's been over the past sort of two weeks or so. There's been some some really big injuries that could have some on flow impacts. Um, some are a little more longer term. Some are, are quite close, but. Um, guys that have got injured just in the past, you know, length of time that have varying levels of severity. Blake Akers, Tim Taranto, Stephen Hill has quad awareness, whatever the heck that is. Hooker, Zaharakis, Taylor Adams. Uh, there's a whole heap of other ones as well that I, I, I could go on. Um, Rids, is there some players that you can see with some of those injuries, and maybe I didn't list all of the really relevant ones, but are there some guys that now could present some opportunities for us, whether they're cows or positional changes that could really help us as fantasy coaches moving into 2020? So there's a couple of that really stand out at the moment. So Jimmy just mentioned one, Isaac Cumming. Yeah. So he isn't actually coming. He's arrived. Yeah. There you go. Boom, boom. Um, but Zach Williams... Yeah, there were the, many um, jokes you could have gone with there, Rich. Yeah, I'm glad you picked yeah. that one. For the sake yeah, 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 of, yeah. of the explicit tick, I'm glad you stayed there. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it is only 9.30 at night. So, so 10.30, 11 o'clock, we can get to the um, other versions. But <laughs> the, after the, the fact the after of the matter is, <laughs> um, Zach Williams, like, he's, he's not playing at the moment. He's definitely best 22, obviously. How does he impact coming? Like, is it, like, from round one, round two, and so on and so forth? And we know that coming has had a big... Um, big rap on him for a few years now, but he hasn't actually come out and produced anything. So the other guy I want to talk about is Zerk Thatcher. (laughs) So, Carl Hooker. I know Carl Hooker's not relevant, okay, but the fact of the matter is he's still got to come back into this team. So Mm. he's about four to six weeks away. Yep. What impact does he have on the Zerk Thatcher? (laughs) And the last guy is your guy, Makassi. Yeah, so Fisher McCasey. So Duday, Duday's coming back at some stage in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I'd expect if he... He'll probably more than likely come back through the sand for would be my guess. 
Yeah, so, I mean, there is potential, though, that the kid loses his spot to um, to the due day. There so, is. I think Kelly's so, more likely in trouble, but there is a possibility. There is definitely a possibility. So just be cautious, because if you have all three of those guys in the team, and then even a Dylan Robertson, who we know that the Saints have gone really heavy with their tools this year. Mm. So, you know, they brought in Dougal Howard. Robertson's back. They got Carlisle. They, they found a guy in Wilkie last year. Mm. They kept, I don't know why they bothered, but they kept Nathan Brown on the list. Mm. They got Josh Battle, who played back, and is likely to now not even be named for round one. Yeah. So they've got a they've got an absolute Plethora. Like it's a monopoly. It's a monopoly on defenders who aren't actually any good, but are good enough to play for St Kilda. <laughs> so, but if Dylan Robertson, where does he fit? Like, I mean, is he a half back? Is he the third tall? What is he these days? He's the fifth tall. Well, the fact of the matter is, if he's a half back, you've still got Savage, you've still got Webster, you've got Hunter Clark, you've got Ben Long, and so on and so forth in that back line as well as Geary. Mm. It's, it's a it, they, he might be the odd man out, you know. Yep. So yeah, that's it. All right, fair enough. Is there any for you, Tim, that that catch your eye? You know, Taylor Adams, for example, going down. Tim um, Adam Trelaw going down again at, at time of recording. Nothing's really come out too much about Taylor Adams at this stage in in terms of severity. We we do know we'll have Trelaw out for at least round one. Who's that? Who's going to get a little bit of that midfield opportunity through there, man? Well, the guys that Bucks has been talking up in the last few weeks, he basically says, um, you know, expect Callum Brown a little bit. Yep. Expect Jamie Elliott. You said Jamie Elliott several times. Expect him to get more midfield time, more mm-hmm. centre bounce time. So, look, I think he did start to do that a few years ago and just before all of his injury troubles. So, whether that continues or not, or, you know, Braden Sire seems not to be... Seems a bit Rupert's there at the moment. In there, Rupert Wills is a bit more of the uh, the centre bounce guy at the moment. He's sort of low volume possessions, high mm. volume tackles guy. Yep. In kind of nowhere land for fantasy pricing sure. at the moment. But um, you know, Josh Dacos has played a bit of the wing. Yeah. Looked all right preseason. Again, hard to pick him at his price, but he might get a bit of it. Noble's not so much midfield, but he seems to be getting a bit of it off halfback. Yeah, he does. Tim, how about Tyler Brown? Mini Brown. Yeah, for this year. Yeah, I'm For not... the start, for round one, is he going to make round one team? I wouldn't pick it, but it depends. Like, if Taylor Adams doesn't get up, you never know. Yeah, I'm, sure. They really do like him, but whether he's ready to roll round one in the midfield, I'm not sure yet. Because he got the Tyson Gold sack number six, didn't he? Uh, yes, I think so. There you go. All right. Look, I know they have big raps on him. Yeah, yeah, you're just saying it, it might not be just yet. It might be as the year goes or another one. Yeah, but again, um, I suppose they also had big raps on Sire and every club has their players. So. Yeah, that's fair enough too. All right. Um, if, Jimmy, talk to me about the Frio mm. midfield because with Blake Akers going down, it looked like he was going to really be a, a, a dominant force through that developing midfield around Fife and, and, and Walters. Um. What Very is generous. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to talk Blake up. <laughs> um, what does that Hi, mean Blake, for the... Yeah, you're a regular listener. Um, what does that mean for the Frio midfield? What's the, the fantasy on flow for us as coaches with Akers out of that midfield group now? We know Fife is locked. Akers only just in came into that midfield group. Well, he's got so a game. No, 
Yeah, well, he did, but it's a pre-season game. Yeah. But he only just got traded to the club, so him not getting a game off the bat means they're more or less where they started. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that it necessarily changes a huge amount from that point of view. Um, and that game that he get tearing up the middle, he played that game without Fife and without Walters in the team too. So I think we need to frank that performance a little bit too before we get too excited. Sure. I don't... Yeah, so he's he's there and he's an interesting prospect perhaps when he does come back if um, if you're keen on him, um, you know, maybe more draft relevant with him at the amount of time he's going to miss in salary now. But... Um, yeah, I just yeah, I don't know too much about that. Um, like Fox, I'm a, a fan of Brochure there. Um, yeah, and, and hopefully he'll get the opportunity to shine now. Um, Darcy Tucker as well, but mm. um, yeah, beyond that, uh, I don't know that there's a, a huge amount of relevance from that point of view. You know, maybe some of those um, the the new kids they've got, Young and Sarong, maybe get a a bit more of an opportunity early than they might have if someone else was in that queue. But um, yeah, if I was free, I would have been playing them first anyway. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Fox, one of the big injuries uh, that we haven't talked a whole chunk about in the preseason just yet uh, was Tim Taranto. He's now out a- until the multi-buy rounds. Yep. Uh, we know Callum Ward will likely miss the first four to five rounds of the AFL season, just kind of building up that fitness base uh, before he's uh, let loose through that GWS midfield. Um, we've... Who do you think is going to pick up some of those extra midfield rotations? I, I, I assume know? it's not just a one person. <laughs> who would know? Oh, well, I'm well, asking who you think. There's a plethora there of, is. of uh, guys that could go through there, and a few of them are rookies. Yes. Uh, expensive rookies, but... That's are, all the rookies we got yeah, this year. Yeah, they are rookies, but... Um, well, I think, they all, I think they all have a piece of the pie. So when you say they all, um, Toby Green... Yeah, Toby Green will Tom get a little Tom bit Green. Long. Yeah, the other Green without the Haitley. Jackson Haitley. Yeah, Haitley. Um, maybe how's Caldwell at the moment? Is he? He's he's fit. He, he, he didn't play. He's pressing. Okay. I don't know if they'll find room yeah, for him, but okay. he's pressing. Well, he's um, also on the. Well, the other thing room. to look at too, if, um, just to, to step in there, if if I may, is um, if we look at the team the Giants were fielding towards the end of last year. Um, or, or, or what their best 22 might have been. If there's not only is Taranto out, Ward's still a little while away. Tomlinson's gone as well, of course. Um, mm. There's 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 a little bit of room for for some players to come in. Yeah, Zach Williams isn't fit right now at the moment. They might throw things around a little bit too. You know, do you think they would with maybe DeBoer? Do you think they'd? Th- yeah. they'd oh, I think he stays off. as a tagger, man. But they might throw him around a little. To where? Oh, well, they may not tag one week. Yeah, I don't see that. So might be Why would you tag? If if you've got DeBoer, he is shown countless years at GWS, and even in the forward line when he was at Frio, he, his strongest skill set is negating an opposition player. Okay. They've got the ball winners. All right, well, maybe they won't. They've got O'Halloran, who's not getting but, the chance. Throw these. There's, there's so many there. There is there is a plethora it's, it's, of them. That, that question's loaded. It's just. It is. So. I wanted to screw you over for the amount of times you've mentioned <laughs> Tim English. <laughs> I couldn't answer it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, look, we've danced around the, the subject of cash cows enough. And, and Rids, I'm going to go to you in a, a second around this. There's a perception, whether it's real or not, is another thing. And the good news for Patreons, you'll get our exclusive cash cow, cash cow article and, and guide that is uh, going to help you through that is around 70, 80 pages uh, and an exclusive podcast. So make sure you jump on the Patreon army to get that, where you get our exclusive in-depth thoughts on that. But... Is it a fair thought or statement, Rids, to say that we are struggling for cash cows in 2020? 
No, I don't think so. Why is that? Because there's a genuine consensus on, uh, again, it's dangerous to go through Twitter, but there is a genuine consensus we're struggling for cows in 2020. Yeah, but the same people on Twitter are running out and buying toilet rolls because <laughs> the coronavirus is coming. <laughs> Why would we listen to them? I'm just saying, mate. They're the, they're the fools that voted in ScoMo. <laughs> like, like, at the end of the day, okay, how many rookies do we need? Like, we've got some seriously, seriously valued option. We got Sam Doherty, okay, across the format to $200,000 less than what he should be. We got Dan Houston, who's a serious, serious option. Canelio is 100000 at least 100000 cheaper across all the formats. We got Sam Jacobs. We got John Seglove. Do you want me to keep listening? Yes, Devin please. Smith, Andrew Brayshaw, Jack Stephen. You've got to have a counter argument at some point in time. How many rookies do people want? Twenty-five. Like, don't get me wrong, okay. The reality is, this is the season not to have the hundred and seventy or one hundred and sixty thousand guys because we can afford to have the premium rookies. Yeah. We can afford Matt Rowe, Noah Anderson, Tom Green. Like, I mean, I don't understand it. Like, people were scoffing when, like, Pickett was number two or something. Guess what, guys? He is that relevant this yeah. year. He's the only midfielder that's going to be 160000 in Dream Team, 170000 in AF, you know, that's going to play week in, week out. Yeah. <laughs> so even on the weekend, okay, let's, let's just have a better look at this we had Zerk. That's no. <laughs> he appeared out of nowhere, Rodeo, and he's actually relevant now. He's around the premium rookie price. We got guys like Isaac Cumming, okay? We got um, Noble. Yep. We got guys like Brander who are floating around. Robertson is at at least 50%, if not greater discount than what we would get normally. Mm. Like... I just think people have got lost the plot. And I reckon if you look at Twitter, there's just a whole heap of psychos on there. So that's why I'm not on it anymore. Yeah, there are other, a couple of others who jumped out recently, like you said. Like, I think the Bombers have been talking up Zerk Thatcher for a few weeks. No, no, no. Say it properly. Zerk Thatcher. Thank you. <laughs> but like um, you said, Curtis Taylor, there was um, you know, Jeremy Sharp for the the Suns might yeah. be all right. Yeah. But- Butterick we saw last up. week. He went on the second half. Big, sharp. No, we don't start. Like, even for North Melbourne, okay, Jack Mahoney did some really cool things. Yep. Dylan Stevens had a really good last half today. Mm. Like, I mean, I don't understand. Like, are people just whinging for the sake of whinging there, or what are they looking for? Well, I, I think it's to try to hold the argument. Again, I don't think it's looking at the totality of we've got these value options elsewhere that help us afford and not change our structures too much um, in that line. But I think it's because the, the basement rookies, there's not as many that have popped in the forward line. It's Taylor King and, and Rankin. In the midfield, it is pretty much Pickett that's at the basement price through there with McHenry seeming to struggle and some others. And then in the back line, there's not really any that are at the well, basement price. See, well, you know what's caused this problem here is the what's triggered all of this is people making their teams before the start of the Marsh series yeah. and filling it with as many cheap rookies as they can because that's how then you can afford as many premiums as Correct. you like right. in the team. And then suddenly they've got to swap out those bottom price rookies for rookies that they're actually going to play. Yep. And they can't fit them all in anymore. Breaks and the that's team. 
it breaks everything. And so this is where what we need to do and what um, we've encouraged people to do every year, and I'm sure you've got uh, that article coming again soon, MJ, Tomorrow. is clear your whole team out and start again. Yep. Yeah. So MJ, it's like seriously, and I know people will say, well, you're mad because you're telling us not to start Grundy and Gorn and everything else. Like, no, I'm saying that you've got some serious value in the rucks this year. Why yeah. overlook something that's absolutely serious value? And then if you get it there's wrong, you absolute, get it wrong. Yeah, and there's there's value in every line if you're looking for it. Yeah. You say you've got Camilio in the midfield, you've got Doherty, and you know, we've named six or seven different value options in the back line. Um, there's just as many up forward. If people want to have value, it's there to be found. Yeah, if you want to start Gorn and Grundy, guess what? You can have a Sam Sturt on the field, a Ben Davis on the field. Who else is that Georgie artist on mm-hmm. the field? Okay, they're, they're going to get you the odd 30 or 40, but so be it. We have that every year. Yeah. So, mm. so, I mean, I just don't know what people are going on about. We've got Cherry. We've got potentially Darcy Cameron. Like, I, yeah, people have lost the plot, mate. Yeah, I don't know what else to say to that. I'd like to argue against it, but I can't. I've got a page full of them, Rooks. There are there are a ton of cows that are floating around. The thing there is, and, and as Jimmy so eloquently put, you're just having to pay up a little bit more for them this year, but they're there. So to say there's no cash cows in 2020, it's not true. To say, are there 25 that are our basement price? Yeah, of course there's not. But yeah, most but years there's not either. At least wait till the team lists come out for round one. Now, next week there might be a totally different argument because sure. they haven't named any of them. Sure. But, I mean, why worry about it now? Just You've got plenty of players there. Guess what? If you can't afford to get McRae, Kelly, Lloyd, Laird, Grundy, Gorn, Whitfield, Dusty. Guess what, guys? You're going to have to look at some ordinary choices for rooks. You, otherwise, there's plenty there. Just accommodate. Yeah. So you're not advocating for um, skimping on premiums? You're advocating for the way to get your side is what? I don't understand what skimping for premiums means. Because when you asked me on the chat, I was like, huh? The fact of the matter is, we start this every year. It's very, very rare that you start the same premium, the highest price premium on the line, because at the end of the day, they're coming off a massive season. Like there's no, there's no guarantee they come out and do that again this season. So McRae potentially, yes. Like Grundy, Gorn are obviously the exception to the rule. Lloyd is an exception. Whitfield wasn't even in the forward line last year, so. You know, and as if you look at back to this time last year, Whitfield wasn't even an option being spoken about in the back line mm. until he got crazy and went nuts. It was all about Laird and Lloyd. Lloyd and everyone else. So this is what I'm saying. There's always changes. Like we saw it years mm. ago, okay, when Sanderlands and Cox, and then suddenly someone would jump out in the rucks or mm. someone would jump out in the... Like, Josh Kelly is only in the top certain amount in the midfield, okay, on average, not on points. Like Josh Dunkley came out of nowhere last year and has jumped into the top echelon. Tim Taranto jumped into the top echelon. Devin Smith became the top scorer in the forwards two or three years ago when he moved to Essendon. People are nuts if they keep going, oh, well, this person's the highest price, so he must be the best. 
You don't do that. You've got to look at your team. It's a nice way to kind of look at it. There's some uh, some good nuggets of gold for you there as a fantasy coach. It's going to help and you I through. I promise not to rant today. Oh, well done. It's like shopping for toilet paper. No, but, I say, first, we've only got a small amount of this podcast left, Ridge, and I don't believe you for a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but secondly, to that point too, the, the other thing I wanted to, to just mention as far as um, this concept of skimping on premiums and it, I think I get what you're suggesting there, MJ, is you take an option that you think is not quite as good as the one that you would really prefer to buy. Yep. Um, and that doesn't make any sense at all. I think if you're the premiums that you pick, you need to be picking because you expect them to be in the top echelon at the end of the year. Mm. That's It's as simple as that. Correct. 100%. Yeah. Cornelio's the perfect example. If mm. I said to you, MJ, mm. are you picking Cornelio because he can average 110 across the format? Or are you picking him because you think he's going to average 10 points less than Josh Kelly. That doesn't make sense, does it? No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Precisely. Thank you, Rid. No worries. All right. Uh, let's jump into some questions that have come up from our Patreon supporters. If you would like to join that, there is plenty of exclusive content that is coming uh, for you, including our Cash Cow, a, a massive document podcast, a heap of access to our team reveals, and special behind-the-scenes access to members of the Coaches Panel. If you're loving what you've got so far from the Coaches Panel in 2020 and you want some of that content, jump online at coachespanel.tv. All the links are there. And in one of the things you get is the ability to get your question on these podcasts. I'm going to throw this one uh, straight over to you, Tim, because I feel like uh, I'm keen on your take. Is Jacob Townsend a cash cow slash stepping stone we should look at in 2020? So what price is Townsend in the formats? Uh, in DT, uh, he's around about 280 I'm quickly looking. In uh, AFL Fantasy, uh, it's not much further than that in Supercoach. 222. Uh, okay. 222. Sounds like the person that owns him, just quietly. All right. All right. Uh, what do you think? So around about the 260-270 marker in DT and Fantasy, 222. 222. The Richie uh, number. Is he worth looking for us this year? Tim. Look, he's... um. Probably more than I'd be willing to pay for him. Well, this is actually a real question. It's a real question. I'm not just trying oh, to be a joke. Oh, my goodness gracious, mate. So, no is credit, the short answer. Credit for trying to be diplomatic, Tim. Uh, <laughs> that, that oh, nice. my goodness. Just say no. Okay. Just. Uh, yeah. Well, I won't be picking him. <laughs> I mean, we are talking about premiership player Jacob Townsend. We are. Still. Yeah, sorry. I'll, I need to caveat with every time I talk about him. Premiership player Jacob Townsend. Um it's an interesting one to go for. Um, a couple of questions have come in about the GWS midfield. I feel like we've kind of got our handle on that. Um, here's an interesting one now in light uh, of uh, how this week has gone. Rids, rank them in the following for Dream Team from most from highest scorer to lowest oh, scorer. Oh, my goodness. I, I love these. Oh, I love letting you have those. I'd rather mm. date my sister, but anyway. <laughs> oh, here we go. Devin Smith. Jack Stephen, Andrew Brayshaw. Uh, Highest to lowest. Okay, so Smith, because he's tackling. Brayshaw, because he's tackling. And Stephen, because he's got crazy hair. No, there is. Hey, just a, while I'm on about crazy hair. There you go. 
Nick Caulfield had the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. He had this big bushy mop on his head and he shaved all his sideburns up behind his ear and stuff. It was the craziest thing I've seen. Um, is he getting a game at the moment? Nah. No, he's not. Uh, Fox, a question from you for David. He wants to know, what can we expect from the dodgy knee twins, uh, which they're not uh, dodgy knees because one's a leg, uh, Doherty and Tom Mitchell? <laughs> what can we expect from Doherty and Mitchell this year? Uh, pretty bullish on Doherty. Okay. Uh, um, starting for you across all uh, formats? Uh, yeah, in all of them for yep. Doherty, okay. def- definitely. Mitchell? Uh, Mitchell... I'm probably not so much in Supercoach. Okay. Yeah, I can um, understand that. There's a lot more better options. Um, better in terms of... Just better. Just better. Okay. Uh, but no, <laughs> I, I, a, AFL, fa- AFL Fantasy, absolutely, 100%. Yes. Yeah, these price that's um, such and if you like him, irresistible. Go for it in Dream Team, but yeah. But Doherty, yeah, 100% in all formats. All right, fair enough. It's too cheap. Uh, all right, uh, question from Jake. Uh, he wants to know, uh, across all members of the panel, uh, who's the favourite player in your salary cap side at the moment? A player you've got, so it could be Dream Team or Super Coach, that you've got and you're like, no matter what, I, I'm picking him because I just love this guy as a, as a selection, whether it's because of the value, because of the scoring consistency, whatever he's going to give. Tim, we'll go to you first. Jake wants to know, who's the guy that you got in your dream team or super coach side that you're like, I love him, I'm going to pick him no matter what? All right. Well, the guy that I would have to say for that, I feel like I'm stealing other people's thunder because you guys have been more high on him than me. Zerk Thatcher, Josh Kelly, <laughs> Josh Kelly, nice. It's just his scoring when he's been fit is just unreal. Yeah. And he's who's to say he's not even still on the up potentially? Yeah. Just pick him. Yes. All formats. Uh, Fox for you. I can't do it. You might, I'm feeling. Up. I'm feeling like that little girl on the Nando's ad. You know? Are these the two people the you've Nandos. already said? Is it Nando's? The Nando's, not Nando's. Is it Nando's? Nando's, whatever it is. What are you from Brighton? <laughs> Fancy pants. Um, <laughs> let, let me guess, uh, English and Lynch? Yeah, you got yeah, it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> Tom, uh, Tommy English and biceps. Tom, oh, Tommy English. Oh, you've merged them into a new person. Uh, someone on Photoshop. Get you wanted onto it in that. one. You wanted one. I home. did. That's fine. Uh, Jimmy, for you? Uh, for me, um, I'm, a, I'm looking at the other end of the field, and um, and these two, as long as they're named round one, I'm absolutely picking them, and no one's talking me out of it, and that's Lacocious and Sharp. Oh. A couple of Gold Coast Sun boys, and I just love them both. Nice picks. Uh, you reckon Sharp's in that best 22? Um, again, he'd be very, very fringe at this point, but I've loved what I've seen from him so far, and I'd love to see them give him a good shot at it. Jimmy, how many, um, how many times have you got him in your keeper league? How many keeper oh, I've got him in all of them. Yeah, oh, right. Right. Be easy, the English. <laughs> um, uh, what about for you, Rids? There's one more question to go after this one. Yeah, so this one's obvious. Mr. Pickett and Mr. Dusty. Yeah, nice. A pair of Tigers. Well, obviously Josh Kelly as well. Yes. But I, I didn't know. want to repeat, otherwise that'd be boring. All right, fair enough. Uh, one last question across all panel members. Uh Give us one player that uh, up until now you have not talked about on any podcast or article that you're bullish on in 2020. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we'll let all... Who asked that? Uh, uh, Nick asked that one. 
Can you Nick. Nick. I, I didn't quite get that question. Oh. He, somebody. The cupboard. Yeah, it does. Uh, somebody that you are bullish on that you haven't talked about much so far in the preseason. So that rules out. Just so you know, Fox. English and Lynch are out. I'm struggling now. Tim, is there someone you're pretty bullish on that you've not talked about too much so far in the preseason? Not really. I mean, that's why we give the podcast gold over the preseason. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's no one hidden away in the cupboard that you're just stashing for yourself? Well, I guess the guy I said before would, as of a few weeks ago, is like just checking out Connor Rosie, but I wouldn't go as far as to start him anymore. So okay. Potentially, could he? Yeah. But yep. I wouldn't say he's hidden gold at the moment. No, he's not. Has anyone got some hidden gold that they haven't dropped yet? Or are we going yeah. To... yeah, go on. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I, I mentioned him earlier, Jack Biney. There you go. Um, but I think he's only AFL fantasy. Yeah. But, okay, so the guys I haven't really talked about, okay, and that I'm absolutely more than bullish on, is I am absolutely staggered there's this anti-Jake Lloyd thing happening at the moment. So I think he is your number one defender. I mm-hmm. think you can start with him and you just lock him in and you just move on. The other guy is Andrew Brayshaw. I haven't been really meant talking about him much. Because, Everyone else has. <laughs> well, every, I'm not on, what did you call it? The Twitter army or whatever. A Patreon. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The coronavirus too. toilet roll army. <laughs> like, I haven't been on that for years now, but Andrew Brayshaw, jeez, he looks special, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good kid. Yeah, so I don't want to talk to him about him again, because everyone else is. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I did mention Segler earlier. You did mention Segs. Go on, Fox. I do have one. Here we go. Uh, do we need to say Premiership actually, player at the one, start I've of this one? i got one for a keeper league. Okay, yeah, good. Um... The, the one, Sam Walsh, I still reckon he's good value. Okay. Sam Walsh? I don't think anyone's heard of him in a keeper league. No, no, no one's no, talked no, about no, him at all. Is, no, this isn't the keeper league. This is the... <laughs> you should no, get this, him cheap. No, this is this, um, the salary cap. Form. Yeah, okay, right. Um, the keeper league one uh, was Sparkle Narkle. Oh. <laughs> I was having such a good episode until Quentin Narkle got dropped. I'm yeah. surprised you did. Have, you've been talking about Tim Kelly for weeks, Fox. Come on, mate. Yeah, I've talked about him, though. <laughs> so, I mean, I reckon he's this... one to absolutely look at for super coaches. Yeah. He? He's actually in my team. Ooh, Fox. So I have little talked about him. Sneaky drops on the way through. Some nice work. All right, there you go. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. both those options. Of course, how many teams have you got Quinton Narkel in your keeper league, Fox, just to wrap the I'm episode? trying to get him off Jimmy in one. Trying like, to get him back. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's more keen than I am. Oh. <laughs> you should have kept him, Fox, instead of doing this. Just should have had him and you should have kept him. Uh, all right, well, that is uh, us done and dusted for this episode. The good news is, in just a couple of days... Another episode is dropping where you are going to hear from some of the AFL captains. Yep, I'm heading down to the AFL Media Captains Day and I'm going to get from you from the players, from their skippers or the club's designated player they send, where we can ask them directly from them. Where are their cows coming from? Who's structuring up? Is what we've seen in the Marsh Series accurate? We'll have some fun with some of the players as well. Tim, as always, a pleasure, mate. Yep, cheers. Uh, Fox, nice to have you in the studio too. Yep, thanks, guys. Uh, Bye. The, the Quinton Narkel owner. Thank you, Jimmy. Oh, very welcome. I'm not missing another one. If I... No. I got that thing the other night. My... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for having me back. All right, fair enough. And Rids, mate, always a pleasure. Hey, quick question. Have we ever had Cochin on the intro to the 
this podcast thing, you know, how they have, hello, I am blah, 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 from the coach. If Zerk Thatcher's there, I'll get him for you, Riz. Zerk Thatcher and Cotchen. I will. Can you imagine if Zerk Thatcher is sent down by Essendon to the captain's day? (laughs) Well, everyone else is He may very well (laughs) be the next one in line. If the Bombers send him down, you've got to start with him. I I promise, if Zerk Thatcher is there, he will be on the episode. Zerk! But what about, what about Cotchen? Yes, I'll go to Trent. Please, like, I mean, I, that's the only thing that would make my life complete. All right, fine. Trent, we're heading after you at the media day. And there's plenty more content dropping at coachespanel.tv. Just days away from the start of your 2020 fantasy season. And there is a heap of stuff left to talk about.